0: All right, guys, one, two, three, here we go. Can I get a little motivation, a little energy? I want you to be excited with me. This is Juan Santos over at the Counselor's Journey, and we are going to dive into another episode all about teaching you mental health professionals how to A, start, B, grow, C, scale a six-figure counseling private practice without, without feeling overwhelmed. Let's do it. Let's dive into the episode. So here's something. Get comfortable with the unknown. I mean it. Get comfortable with it. You know, that's that, that is right there. That is the bread and butter. That's the peanut butter and the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Right? right. <laughs> You're probably like, what is he talking about? I'm talking about get comfortable with the uncomfortable when you are deciding, right? You're at that place and you're like, I'm ready to go from a solo to a group practice. Mm. It's exciting, but it's a, lot of, it's a lot of unknown. And that's what today's podcast is all about. Today's podcast is going to focus on you, right? You're listening because I'm assuming you're, you got a solo practice, right? It's you. And on your resume, I bet that thing is thick. I bet on there... You are a clinician. You are an administrative assistant. I bet you're a CEO, CFO, COO. I bet you're a janitor. I bet you are everything, right? Because that's what it means if you're running a solo practice. You're all those things. And then now you want to take it to a group practice, which probably means that you're seeing growth. Probably means you're seeing growth. So one of the first places I think we need to start with Get comfortable with the well get comfortable with the unknown. Get comfortable that you're not gonna know everything. Get comfortable that things are gonna come up and you're gonna be scrambling trying to figure it out. The the sooner you get to that position, the easier it's gonna be to find success. I wish somebody would have told me that early on. And now, you know, as, as my practice continues to grow and even when I'm engaging in consulting with others, it's it's this space of humility, you know, where you just have to like embrace it and go I tried. tried my best, but it's okay, right? I I don't know everything, right? It's impossible to know everything. So with today's podcast, it's sponsored by A Counselor's Journey, right? That's some humor there. And I thought a lot about like, how do we start a podcast that focuses on a podcast episode that focuses on going from a solo to a group practice? Because realistically, it's a lot, right? Like this will be A multi-day event podcast and there's it's difficult to say like what are the most important topics and I I thought within the topics there should be mindset so that's where I I brought that up as far as the mindset needed to go from a solo to a group practice to, to find success to embrace it is you becoming uncomfortable with the unknown now the next place I want to go to is one of the most common questions I get and I'll have an individual reach out and they pay a consulting fee and then they ask a question and they go, when, when should I hire a clinician, right? When is the right time? And this often comes from a solo entrepreneur. So you've got your station, right? Whether it's a remote practice or you got an office running out and you wanna look at when is the right time. And it's a complicated question because the right time can be dependent on ample variables. So instead, want i want us to look at this together and explore it Uh, number one you know you could hire someone even if you're not full which is a very interesting thing to 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 share right you may be thinking well i'm not even in a full case so why would i hire somebody and see there's a math to it right The, the 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 logistics of it is that if you work with couples And you're at 12 patients, but you're trying to get to 20. So you're like, I'm not even full. I can't hire somebody else. Well, perhaps you can't hire somebody else, right? Perhaps if it's for couples, but maybe you could hire somebody that works with children. And if you work with couples, maybe those couples have kids. And if there's therapy that's needed for them, such as family therapy, well, now you can keep it in-house. So your 12 clients may lead to maybe 12 more clients, right? That could be Bam, just like that, right away. That are ready to work with the counselor that you just hired. So that that's where you want to look at this from, like a math formula, and you want to take that step back and and really evaluate the variables within the equation. And the equation is the business that you've set up. So these these variables: a, are can you hire someone that has a different skill set? Second, we'll be hiring somebody that has the same skill set, and then you may be thinking, why? Well. Our clients want an ideal fit, and we often want an ideal fit, right? I may work with a couple, and they may really just want to work with a uh, female, right? They may say, well, you know, we we just feel much more comfortable in that space, and it's something that we have to be respectful of, Uh, or perhaps they want to work with uh, someone that speaks a certain language, right? Maybe they feel comfortable in that language. Again, these are variables you wanted to think about that can influence your hiring process and hiring decision. So you don't necessarily have to be, you know, if you want 20 clients, you don't have to be at 30 clients, like really full and burnt out to then start building your practice. The, the other item of when to hire goes into the organization, right? Like, is your practice organized, if, if right now you're really full and you're at 30 clients, but you only need 15, so it makes sense. And you're like, I'm going to hire, you know, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to say, is it organized? Like, is your, is your practice organized that you could bring someone in and they're going to have a smooth transition? Now, this is, hold on real quick. This is an important area because... It is, it's going to be difficult and often rare that you're going to find someone and hire someone going to care as much about your business as you care about your business. So that's where that challenge comes in. Meaning that, let's say you've got your business and it's yours, and we'll call it uh, Bob's Counseling um, Station. It's a cool name. And you're at 30 clients, but you, you only want 15. So you are, you know... You're, you're, you're full. You got an extra 15 on there. And it makes sense. You're going to hire me and, and you know that you're going to be able to give me those 15. So it, it all makes sense. Now, I want you to think about you as the owner. How many times do you run in situations because your systems are a little bit out of whack? Right? And, and you probably address it in a different way. You probably go at it like 200% when a system is out of whack. Because it's your business, right? This this is yours. You're treating it with a different level of maybe connection and uh, attitude and accountability compared to what I may treat it uh, with. And and an example of that could be, let's say that you have a client and your client has a, um, I don't know, disgruntled experience. Maybe you would go uh, above and beyond and try to address that and take a time out to call them and so forth and so forth. But if you're hiring me and maybe i'm a 1099 or w2 i may not do all of that right um i i may share with you well you know the client was disgruntled but here's how i addressed it and i don't really see a policy in your organization so i think i addressed it fine and and perhaps they did address it fine right and then if they did that's where it kind of goes back to you to really think about all right before i hire do i have appropriate systems And, you know, when you think about these systems, you're looking at your email system, your phone system, your EHR system, allowing yourself to say, "Okay, I'm ready to go from a solo to a group practice because I have all of these systems in order. And then a new counselor can slide right into one of those systems. And those systems can instruct them on what to do to engage in effective clinical work and effective administrative customer service related work. Sometimes for people, that's like the needle that takes a little bit to move. You know, they, they may think to themselves, well, if I hire someone clinically, I got it, right? If I, hire, if I hire a therapist and they work with kids, I can support them with all those clinical areas. Um, however, if I hire somebody and they work with kids um, and then they're in a situation that, I don't know, they're struggling with some sort of administrative detail, I don't have a system to address that. So, so that's where you want to just pause for a moment I'm um, gonna go back to the first mindset I shared with you, right? Get comfortable with the unknown. I also want to encourage build, right? Build a system early so that you're not having to work backwards and put out fires. I, I did that for you know a good amount of years in the early days of building the practice, and it's exhausting. I mean, it's, it's pure burnout where, where you're just consistently putting out fire after fire. And truth be told, you know, there's there's many times then that I would just think like, man, I put in like 10 plus hour days consistently. And I'm like, you know, if I put in 10 plus hour days for another company, uh, like as a consultant or something in there, I could probably make three times. I could have three jobs with the amount of hours that I put into this one job and make a whole lot more money. And maybe have some other benefits and perks. And i would be just as exhausted as I am here. Right now, obviously, I didn't do that. But it was just something to think about. And I bring that up because maybe you have experienced levels of burnout when it comes to this whole transition of going from a solo to a group practice. So, So really being aware of it allows you to stay away from it. All right, next item when it comes to going from a solo to a group practice is really thinking about the marketing aspect of it i'm big i'm big into strategic marketing which is very different than um i don't know you make a psychology today profile or some directory and then you sit back and cross your fingers that it's working and, and maybe you feel that it's working because people are coming in and they tell you they tell you they're coming for psychology today um i like to measure things i like to to really take a step back and you know, at the end of a, of a month, I like to go through, okay, how did, you know, these 50 people reach find our counseling practice? And, and you know, who do they communicate with? Who were they referred by? And how are those relationships being strengthened? How are they being sustained? Um, and, and, what, and what do those numbers look like? Meaning, if they were referred by um, blank uh, local community agency. Uh, What is the value of those individuals coming in? Oh, you know, I'm realizing that those individuals come in from that place typically seeking, um, I don't know, individual therapy, Uh, and often they're coming from that place with a blank insurance, and normally those pay a blank amount. So now, right, I'm pulling these data points out, and they help me understand my um, marketing strategy from a strategy perspective, so I know where to spend time and where not to spend time. I know... You know what to do what not to do and why i'm doing it so here you know when it comes to a solo practice to a group practice you're going away from the you right or i like here like you know this is all about me or you know i am the owner uh you are the owner and we're going to we so you're you're really trying to change that language all the way from uh, a business card to your website to how you introduce yourself in public uh, meaning that if you know I'm out and it's at a networking organization, um, solo practice, you know, hi, I'm, I'm Dr. Santos, I'm owner of um, Santos Counseling. Maybe it's a little bit different, maybe this time is hi, I'm Dr. Santos. I'm one of the uh, blank amount of counselors, I'm one of the counselors at uh, Santos Counseling. We're a group, multi specialty practice. You know, it's, uh, supporting people with blah blah blah. So, so you notice in those two responses, right? They're raw, uh, organic, and you can see a difference. One really just honed in on me. The other one, it, it highlights different individuals. So, when you're going from a solo to a group, one of the questions that you really want to look at is how am I going to let the world know about this one individual? Um, and and that's an important aspect. Uh, the the other is when you're going from a solo to a group practice is. What type of responsibility will you place on the new hired individuals connected to your responsibility as the owner, right? So let's really drop a ball there for a minute and talk on it. Your Maybe, maybe your responsibility as the owner is to put fires out, sustain it, feed it, you know, bring in marketing uh, and, and do it all with energy. And even if it goes bad, you put a smile on and you keep going. Right, and is that same expectation going to go for everyone that you hire, from the admin to the new counselors? I'm, I'm going to assume not, right? We're, we're going to assume not, especially early on. So that means that maybe you're going to hire some clinicians, and they're going to be in there to do the clinical work and not be too interested in the other parts. Or maybe they'll be, they'll do the other parts. They may do some marketing, but they're going to do it with the same energy, right? Same enthusiasm. Man, I always have a hard time pronouncing that one. Same commitment and rigor, right? They're going to give it 110 like you do, or they're going to, you know, drop it off at a 45% and say, well, I tried, but I work here and I expect you to fill my caseload. So, so those are, those are things you want to just, you know, mold over when it comes to a solo and group and really have strategy around it. Uh, next item here, when it comes from a solo to a group is your administrative related detail, whether it's in-house or remote, you know, really thinking about what tasks that they need to handle, what systems are they going to be utilizing, how are they going to keep everyone in the loop, right? So, if you have an administrative task and they're scheduling people, do they just schedule people or, or are counselors update it when they're being scheduled? Um, with a group practice, there is the next point here there has to be a lot more training that's taking place. what type of trainings are you giving your clinical staff what type of training are you giving your administrative staff why are you giving them that type of training how does that type of training connect to the growth of the business and your marketing strategy right so let's break that one down a little bit just in case you got a little bit lost there let's say that you know you go from a solo to a group practice and when it was solo you went and maybe you were the one that talked about the practice of the community you had your psychology today page or whatever directory um, and some Google ads or something um, now with a group practice you've got you know five counselors 10 or 15 and you know you, you want to think about what is the strategy there like how are we going to communicate that to the community that's right communicate that to the community that makes sense for some reason I said it and I was like that doesn't make too much sense but it does um, trainings you know you wanted to think about what trainings would support maybe admin with productivity, with uh, billing, with addressing client inquiries or addressing conflict, right? So so mental health can be such a challenging field for administrative staff um, and clinical staff because someone is typically coming in when things are not going too hot. So there could be a mood connected to that. And, you know, in the beginning, if it's a solo practice, you're the one picking up the phone. And typically as clinicians, we are very compassionate and open and understanding. So someone can call and say, you know, I need, I need counseling. And I've called like 20 places. You know, thank goodness you picked up. And you already feel like a sense of an attitude and a grumpiness in there. But, but, but you know, your, your clinical spider senses go off. And you know that, hey, life is happening here. Let me show up. I've had tough days too. So you work with them. You know, 15 minute consult and then you schedule them and it works out well all that that you did was skills it took skills and training right you didn't just wake up one day and magically have that ability so you got to think about your admin how would they navigate that because what you did is a skill so then what skill is the admin going to have and then you're looking at that that's essential because that's going to connect to a group practice so now you're growing this right you're, you're growing a, a bigger space a bigger process you're growing bigger systems and training is required to allow them to flourish um, next item here we want to look at with a, a group practice and you know this is uh, actually one that's not spoken a lot about and it's ethics um the the ethical practice you know so let's just play with some examples. What did the group practice for one of the counselors get a subpoena? How how is the practice impacted by that? What are the procedures around it? You know, what if somebody brings um um uh man, I just had a brain fart. Um uh, my, my brain is going to like a fire but let, so let's just play that one out right <laughs> what if there's a fire in the building right how, how are people, people addressing that and if you're renting there's probably some sort of procedure around it um, crisis you know what if one of the counselor has a client and they're in crisis how does that connect to the group practice as a whole how is it being addressed so these aren't points to scare you to push your way but just more to think about and, and all of these you know you could find replicas of it all over the internet there's tons of businesses around have been around for years and you know it could be consulting that you do you could reach out to me we've got policies and systems in order so i'm happy to walk with you Um, working with an attorney of course is important so you have those items in place Um, next one here which is another one that's not often discussed in uh, solo to group is the growth strategy Uh, so so typically right we're going to just make educated understanding that to go from a solo to a group that means there's growth now the the consistency that you're wanting to look at is how does that growth continue right you're adding water in the pond if you stop right that sun is bright it's going to dry out Um, and and second to that you got a whole bunch of other people digging holes around you they may try to pull some of that water And that that analogy there is, you know, your pond is your practice. And around you is a bunch of other counselors starting their practice, which is wonderful. It's bringing more support to the community. But that also means that they're engaging in growth. So looking at how are you engaging in growth. I've had a couple of individuals that they're consulting with where this was a hurdle because they had like, I mean, they were just going and hitting it hard in the very beginning. Right. Those, they had a strong push from solo to group. Um, one individual in particular, they hired 12 counselors within like a year. And I mean, we got down to work and that was part of their vision. Um, and they had reached out a little bit later and they were like, hey, you know, I'm having a hard time filling my caseload. Um, so we started talking about strategy and, and, and marketing and, and um, reviewing numbers so I remember I had a very interesting thought, and it's something that I do with couples when I work with couples. Uh, so when I work with couples, I ask them to tell me about how they met and some of the uh, fundamentals that they engaged in, in the very beginning. And I said, I said, let's talk about when you were solo. What were the fundamental things that you did? And what we found out was something very in- interesting and, and simple, too, just like right there in front of us. We just weren't seeing it and she had shared with me all these fundamental things that she was doing and about like 70% of them she had stopped doing and i said you know that's it right all all of those things there that you were doing you stopped doing and that hurts right it hurts couples and relationships for sure and and i think it hurts businesses too right those fundamental things opening a door for somebody you know reviewing this updating that changing this so we went through it, you know. We I remember, <laughs> and it was funny because her and I were laughing about it. Um, like, how did I not see that? That was one of the comments. And it, it's funny when you when you have things in front of you like that, and you're like, oh goodness, I haven't updated this website in far too long, or this directory's been sitting here for like over a year, and I haven't even done anything to it. Right? When was the last time I checked my ads? When was the last time I checked in a referral? You know, when was the last time I talked to my own clients uh, about, you know, what what, what I'm doing uh, as a business owner or my colleagues or my friends? So little things like that. All right. So, you know, in, in the beginning, I shared with you that this is this is a big topic going from a solo to a group practice. And it's it's difficult to cover everything. It's difficult to cover, you know, what are like the key points and the most important ones. So I'm, I'm going to be... Making a note to hop back on here at some point and go more into other aspects of solo to group. I hope that you found this helpful. I do. You know, if you, if you love the podcast, if you enjoy it, I, I'd love for you to do a kindness, and I'll share why I think it's helpful to know. So, the the goal that I have, the mission that I have, is to really grow this podcast. I, I want counselors all over the U.S., maybe international, to have help, to have support. I've been in the situation where you're trying to figure something out and you're just scratching your head thinking that I picked the right career choice. And there's a lot of people in the world that need support. And I think as clinicians, we're showing up and we're doing the best that we can. So this podcast is a resource for people. Now, to get it in front of other people, I need help. And the help is leaning on you. And if you're willing, and if you got, you know, 45 seconds, go to where you listen to your podcast. There's a section there on review. Leave a five-star review. Tell me what you like about the podcast. Tell me a topic you'd like for me to cover. I appreciate that. As you head out today, guys, I want you to give yourself a big old hug, a big old high five, because listen, you're doing it. You're taking time out of your day to build your six-figure private practice. You are tapping into ambition. You're tapping into curiosity, and you're doing it here together. We're holding hands. We're walking on this journey, a private practice journey. Before you head off, do me a kindness. Leave me a review. Let me know what you think about this episode. Let me know which episode really stuck out to you. Which one made you go... Yes, I need to start doing a little bit more of that. Or yes, I am doing that and I'm proud of myself for doing that. I am seeing amazing changes. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to growing together on our journey.